welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for bow-legged women. I'm Cody. And I'm Tyler. Tyler, what did we watch? We watched Caroline. <laughs> we just started, you already got me speechless. We, I can't. Yeah. You know what? Sure. Yes, we did it. In honor of spooky season, we watched Coraline, which is, correct me if I'm wrong, a movie. I mean, if you if you want to, sure, you can call it a movie. I would call it a a a, a cinematic experience. You know, uh, yes. The but I guess to you know the layman like yourself, sure, movie works bit reductive i would say but fine well tyler do you want to do you want to tell the good people a little rundown of what Coraline is you know the the gist yeah Coraline. the dirty deets i don't know yeah I'm sorry <laughs> yeah so it's a uh, Coraline. it's not a tim burton movie that's the first mind blower everyone Everyone for everyone there. All right, we all know it, but everyone always is like Tim Burton. It's not okay. Uh, it's not Tim Burton, you know. But it is about it is a a creepy movie about a child going on adventures, you know. In yeah. a in a magical realm of sorts, right? And isn't that what Tim Burton's all about? You know, think of all of his movies: Sweeney Todd, Edward Scissorhands. Frankenweenie, children in a magical realm, you know? Yep, that's what they all are. Yep. Dumb, no, that, that is about children. What's a, what's one that's not? I was like trying to think of a third one. I just Big went through fish. Big Fish. Nailed it. Corpse Bride, all about small children, right? Here's what makes no sense about Tim Burton. Is that like, he did all live action. Yes. Then you wrote the story for Nightmare Before Christmas, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, you're the you're the creepy stop animation guy, right? Stop motion." And then he was like, "No, not really." Then like ten years went by, and then he made Corpse Ride and Frankenweenie, and, and then Coraline came out, and now everyone's all confused. Everyone's very confused about what he is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think part of he, you know, he adds into it by like being a producer on movies that are also creepy animation movies, like yeah. such as uh. Nine, which is another uh. creepy movie. Let's talk about Nine for a second, Cody. I got a bone to pick with Nine. Okay, more specifically, I got yeah. a bone to pick with the advertisers that were in charge of the marketing of Nine. I felt yeah. like they made these trailers so obviously not like, and they, I'm sure they sat down. They grabbed these marketing nerds by the by their collar and they said, "Listen here, you little turd. This is not a kids movie. This is an adult feature film. We have made the trailers scary. We have put them to rock music. We have done everything we can to showcase they are small dolls. It is not a kids movie." And they said, "Got it. So air it before Toy Story, right?" And I hope those people are now at the bottom of a lake somewhere. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Because these monsters made the world believe that a movie, like, it's like the same people that were like, yeah, take Alien's a great movie. Your kid liked Star Wars? They'll love Alien, you know? It's those people. Right. All right? Those people should not be around children, okay? What are the rules for pedophiles to be around children? Give it, apply it to these people as well, okay? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Before you move into a neighborhood near a park, you should have to fill out a questionnaire and be like, hey, sort these movies into appropriate for kids and not appropriate for kids, you know? Yeah, exactly. When I've got my own, like, gated community, or not even gated, like an HOA. When I've got my own HOA, that's going to be on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll boot you on out if you don't follow the rules. And. Here's, here's why I bring up Nine, okay, Cody? Because I feel like Nine is the next step up from this film, Coraline, right? Coraline, not a kid's movie, but was mm. pitched to the world like, hey, you all like Toy Story and Wallace and Gromit. Here's Coraline. Ugh. 
love Wallace and Gromit. You love it, you know? That's, I love it. That's Clay. This is Clay. Scar your children for life, right? Same thing. It's the same thing. <clears throat> Sean the Sheep, oh, also great. Oh, yeah. We love Sean. He's everyone's favorite. I have a Sean the Sheep so, movie on my phone right now. Did let's I just watch it. Did I buy it? No. I don't know where it came from, Cody. <laughs> but I got it. <laughs> I like that. Sean the Sheep's great. Bailey can't do... She doesn't do a lot of stop motion. And she doesn't do a lot of... Uh, silent film isn't the right word, but silent movies. Like, Sean the Sheep's a silent film in that there's no dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and she can't do any of those, which is a bummer because those are very well made. Yeah. Here's the deal. I want to hear about you. I want to hear about your first take on the movie, on Coraline, because we've talked about 20 movies since we introduced Coraline. I want to hear your hot take on Coraline. I'll share my hot take, and then I want to dive right into the details, you know? Okay. It was better than I was expecting. It was more horrifying than I was expecting. Okay. And uh, I'm glad I didn't watch it when it first came out. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought the animation wasn't very smooth, but then it was too smooth at times. And it, it was mm. dry, It was messing with my brain hole, you know? Yeah. That's because your TV's too good. This is one of those that, like, this movie was made before we jumped to 4K. You know what I'm saying? Here's what I need to say, Cody. I'm, it is so hot in this room. Oh, my nobody, room's a little hot, too. Nobody freak out. I'm about to turn the fan on. And if it's, like, a nightmare on the audio, Cody, you know? Yeah. Should have subscribed to our Patreon. You know, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Do we have one? No. I don't know. But, you know, if we did and you subscribed to it, everyone... Maybe maybe I could afford a quieter fan. You know, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. This is delightful. All right. Our fan know? budget is directly tied to our Patreon budget. Yeah. It's like I have a grow light pointed at my face. Okay. That's what I need you to know. It's so hot. Speaking of hot, Cody, <laughs> tell me your hot takes. Well, it's kind of funny because you, you thought it was creepier than you thought it was going to be. I thought it was actually a little less spooky, but I think I had the spookiness of this movie oversold to me and also it's one of those movies where like you said people go to it because they're like oh it's a kids movie and then it's like way too creepy just to be a kids movie you know anywho so it wasn't as spooky as i thought because it's spooky season we're coming right up on it and i i enjoyed the movie okay mostly i just really appreciated the craftsmanship of the movie the other thing about it well you can kind of get into it but it's weird because it's a kid's book like it's based on a kid's book that has no business being a kid's book, but it is. Like, I remember when it was big. The book was big. In, like, elementary school, middle school. Anywho, I liked it okay, but I didn't love it. But I did love the craftsmanship of it. As someone who's made a stop-motion short film of my own, because I had to for my video class, uh, stop-motion's hard, and when it looks great, it's very impressive, the amount of work they did. Yeah. You made so a stop-motion. Yeah. You're just going to blaze past that like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Give I me did. the details. Give Tell me what was I it about. Know. I don't was remember that nudity? much about it. It There's a lot of nudity, but we had to blur it out for the student film fest, so it was kind of a bummer. No, it. Uh, we did like three or four little stop motion skits, and they were all like, so that's all we did. We did like a little compilation of a few bits. And um, the only one... I vaguely remember is that there we did one called the it was like the idea for the bit was that as the Almond Brothers band and it was just like a little stop motion like band of nuts like you know there's the Almond Brothers which is a band and so we did the Almond Brothers and they were a little and that was that was the joke so as you can tell it was great yeah <laughs> it holds up absolutely it was probably of all the movies I made, I feel like two of the short films I made, two were like pretty watchable and the others were like not at all. So there you go. I'm glad you shared with the class, Cody. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks for asking and thanks for putting us all through it.
Well, is there anything else to say? It's a spooky kids movie that is not actually a kids movie, and uh, we seem to like it okay. Here's what. Here's something that blew my mind. Tiffany pulled up the book. She's like, "Oh, we can buy the book," and it had the author in bigger letters than I had seen it before. <laughs> yep. And I was like, yep. "Are you telling me this is a book by Neil Gaiman, the guy that wrote American Gods and like other like the guy writes like he's like <laughs> first off the man is like." Quietly being just like Stephen King with the amount of freaking books he writes. It's insane. Yeah. But like that kind of like that, like not genre, but age group targeted. Mm -hmm. And someone's like, yep, that's a kid's movie, right? No, (laughs) it's not. Yeah. I remember it was all over the shelves when I was in elementary school, like all the classrooms, like the book fairs that we had it there. It's because a kid is the, the sort of the like, focus of the movie right that's the, that's the issue you know i don't know and it's like so is in a lot of horror movies you know yep you know Cody, shining's like, a kid's movie too right yeah because there's the little kid in the devil's backbone and he talks to his finger he does talk to his finger just like all normal kids do yeah there's like a little man in your finger tells you about the murders that happened yeah you know kid stuff yeah kid stuff uh and your dad chases you through a maze with an axe like yeah. that's like Things we can all relate to as former children. Oh, yeah. All the best movies are kids' movies, you know? Nothing screams Christmas to me, you know? Like being snowed in and chased around a maze with my dad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's just a fun time for the whole family, really. Oh, yeah. It's good cardio, too. Well, Tyler, I think I'm ready to go for it. Okay. So, let Cody hop in. Just you know, we're doing it. We're getting it. Um, hop, hop on on the back of my praying mantis uh, tractor. Yeah. Just get on here, and we're just gonna we're just gonna slice the slip and slice our way over to Spoiler Town, USA. Cody, we're just gonna nice. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're here. And now who's going first? Who's hopping off this thing first? And who's riding it for another round? You know? It's hard to say because my notes are highly illegible. (laughs) They're handwritten. And let me tell you, uh, I need some kind of a translator or an oracle of sorts, a, a Rosetta Stone. I need something. I need someone here to help me. Oh man. Do, you, do I need I'll to leave go, it up well, to you? Well, no, I can do it. <laughs> I can do it. Can but do it? I'll leave it. I'll leave it up to you, sir. Okay. I will defer. Uh, here's what I think. I'll, I'll I'll go first while you decipher. While you find the Rosetta Stone and you decipher your right. stuff. Okay. I'll do my best. You do it. All right. You you get it. Say a prayer for me. I need like the gift of tongues. I need some like Pentecostal spirits to bless me with the ability to read my own writing. So I'll work on that and you work on uh, your bit, you know? Okay. Here we go. All right, Cody, here's the thing. So I asked Tiffany before the movie even started, because she loves this movie ever since she first saw it. So I asked her, I was like, how old were you when you first saw this movie? She was somewhere between 10 and 12. She said 10, 11, or 12. All right, that's the thing. She was a child, not a small child, but a child. And she's like, love it. And I'm like, here's what I'm thinking. Like, there's something wrong with my wife. You know, that's all I'm saying. All right. Because I was like, oh, the whole time. I was like, the, the suspense throughout the movie killing me. Okay. I was like, there, this kid is about to get her head ripped off by some horrifying monster. And you know what? I wasn't wrong. Okay. The opening horrifying those little needle fingers grabbing this doll turn it inside ripping it apart turning inside out making it sending it back out just the worst thing i've ever seen in my life okay like oh my gosh okay i've watched a lot of horror movies in my day cody none of them have opened in such a unsettling manner okay like i like i've watched movies where they've turned people inside out okay not that bad the baby alien hybrid from Alien 4 was not this unsettling, okay? That's what that's what I'm throwing out there, okay? Let's talk about Whitey. Let's talk about his horrible posture, okay? 
Let's talk about how she immediately, within five seconds of meeting this kid, makes the note that his name sounds like, why were you born, okay? What a little, what a little douche, okay? This Coraline deserves everything she has coming to her, okay? I was not rooting for her for one second, okay? She is the worst, and she deserved it. She deserved worse. She deserved to get got, okay? This little, this little spider witch lady, she only gets the bad kids, okay? The good kids, they don't get got. That's all I'm saying, okay? The dad, he's just a lovely guy, right? He's just an overworked dad with an abusive wife and a terrible daughter, right? Can we agree on that? Can you give me a nod? Like, <laughs> like... There is no love in this family for this dad, and he's just doing his best out here to support them, to love them, and they are having none of it. It's like if you had a, it's like if you had a daughter and you were like, "Hey, daughter and wife," and Bailey and this daughter whipped around on you and said, "Shut up, Cody. We hate you." And then you said, "I love you too, guys," and went back to your job. That's what their relationship with this dad was. Am I right? I know I'm right. All right. Then she turns off the power. There's a clear sign that says don't touch. She turns off the power, ruins this guy's day for no reason. Okay, that's all. You know, let, you know, F in the chat for this dad. You know, that's what I'm saying. Let's give some, let's throw some respect his way for what he's out here. He's out here getting it. All right. Don't we all need a Mr. B in our life, Cody? Don't you need a Mr. B? Right? I feel like all of us need a crazy neighbor like Mr. B that's going to be flipping and flopping all over the apartment and he's going to have his jumping mouse circus and he's going to have his crazy cheeses getting delivered that stink up the whole building, you know, but you know what? You're going to love him. He's going to be distinctive. Someone's going to be like, how do I know it's your house? Be like, when you see a large blue man doing backflips on the roof, you'll know you're there. All right. That's where, then you'll know. Okay. You'll know. The old biddies. Let's talk about the old biddies in the basement. They're old <laughs> porn stars. Am I right? I'm right, right? Like these are retired porn stars. Tiffany never noticed it. And then she's like, everything makes so much more sense now. Did you read the titles of these movies? It's like the the king's gaze and the see something see her. And it's like, oh, these are these are like old timey porn stars that have been surpassed by modern technology and the fact that they're now a hundred and ten years old. They got their dog stuffed on the wall, which shout out to the town. I don't know the kind of dog they've got. The Boston Terrier, is that what it is? I don't know. The Shepherd, the Shepherd, Stockington Pepper Snap, Stocky, you know, whatever the kind of dog is. Every old lady has this kind of dog. Like, right? Everybody's grandma or their weird old aunt, they all have this dog, right? All of them. My aunt had this dog. They loved them, all right? They love these dogs more than their children, and that's not an overstatement. Their children would agree with that statement. <laughs> and they loved them, and they're like, oh, they're doing it. They're taking them. They're spending thousands of dollars on a hip surgery for their dog when everyone else is like, yeah, that dog is a, that's a, it's a dog. You, you gotta, you put the dog out of the misery at that point. You know what I'm saying? The dog is 85 years old, all right? They're only supposed to have a lifespan of 17. And then they stuff them. Have you ever known someone who stuffs their previous animals? I have. It's uncomfortable for everyone. Why do they do it? All right, Tyler, you're on a roll, but I'm sorry. I got to stop you because I have a lot to talk about, mostly about what you just said. Here we go. Yeah, no. The oh, Okay. If there's one thing that happened in this movie that made it not for children, it was the old biddies, okay? It was King Lear. Get it? Because it's like a play, but it, it, he's leering at them, you know? So that was one of the titles. It it was, I was not prepared for it. This movie's, here's the other thing about this movie. Like, I understand that very few people make stop motion, like, R-rated movies. It's been done. I've seen one of them. I didn't like it. But this movie probably should have been PG-13. They probably should have gone a little harder, made it PG-13 to discourage it. If I brought a child to this movie and I had to watch the old biddies with them for, like, as much screen time as they had, I didn't, look, it was bad. I didn't like it. My question was, who was the perv? Like, who was the perv on set that was like, we got to really lean into it. We got to make it happen. We got to show a lot of them, you know? Old ladies, we got to show as much as possible. Like, pasties, if we have to, we'll put pasties on, but I really don't want to have to. You know what I'm saying? That's what they were working on. I had not seen this movie before, but I'd seen a few bits and pieces of it, you know? And I knew of it. And I was not prepared for any of that scene. 
anything with old ladies. I wasn't ready for it. Uh, my neighbors growing up had one of those dogs. It's a Scotty, like a Scotch Terrier, whatever they call them. Anyway, they call it a Scotty. They had one. Can confirm. Here's the thing about these neighbors. They would mow their lawn, then they wouldn't sweep up the clippings, and then they let the sprinklers go, and it would make like a slippery paste all on the sidewalk at least twice if not like four times in my life as a child growing up, did I like turn a bike over on their grass because it was so slick. You know what I'm saying? And that's not cool, all right? Don't make the sidewalk a trip hazard, a slip hazard, you know, for your neighborhood children. You know what I'm saying? Right? All right. I think you bring up a good point about Coraline. She is the worst. And I have a hard time enjoying movies when the protagonist is the worst. And I just don't like them. You know, that's a good point. Remember Life Before Autosave? She ruins the dad's date. That's not even a thing anymore. Because everything is autosaved to the cloud. And there was a time in my life where that was a big deal. You'd be like writing a paper for class. And it'd be like, I forgot to save in the power now, or the internet broke or something happened or my computer crashed because obviously there's a billion viruses on it because I just downloaded like two terabytes of music from LimeWire. You know what I'm saying? It was a different time. It was a better time. When your day could get ruined and you could lose all the work you did because you forgot to save. Yeah, so there, that's, that's what I got to say. You make some good points. I wasn't ready. Yeah, the intro of this movie was horrifying. Good for them. And she's out here, she finds some bugs on the window, Coraline, and she smashes them with her bare hands, and I was not prepared for that. Like, that is psychopath behavior. You get a tissue, you get a fly swatter, we're not out here mushing bugs with an open palm. You know what? If you're going to knuckle it, like, you know, that's fine. But your palm, open palming a bug? Like, indoors. Indoor. We're not talking about... This is not a mosquito that was in the act of, like, biting her. She chose to murder them, and she scooched them with her bare hand, palm first. It's not okay, all right? Here's what I will say. As creepy as the doll was, I kind of want a mini-me doll. That sounds like something good for my life. I want a mini version of me. You know, sometimes you can make the little... The bitmojis or little avatar. There's one point, like in twenty, in like 2014, they had a Powerpuff Girls generator, and you could make a little version of yourself that was a Powerpuff Girl. Like if you were a power in the Powerpuff universe, what would you look like? And it was my favorite thing. I had one of myself. I was like this is a great day. This is it makes me real happy. And I think I just, I think there's like a business opportunity here. Like, wouldn't you love to have just like a little eight inch tall Tyler on your desk, just sitting. It just goes with you places where you're like, I'm feeling lonely. I'm going to bring my little buddy with me. You know, I feel like I want that for me. I don't know. I think the movie was all right. I, I could see how it could be a very good book. I don't know that everything translated perfectly to the movie, but overall, I think the effects and the claymation were fantastic. And I really admired, you know, the physics of the world and a lot of the design of the characters with the exception of, like, you know, some of the choices that were made that we've talked about. Like the tunnel effect when they go in between the two worlds was really cool. And I uh, I was just impressed with a lot of stuff going on. So I really liked that part of the movie, but it didn't, you know, I wasn't sold on Coraline as a person and some of the plot points. Yeah. Mr. B? <laughs> Too much torso. All right, I'm just going to say it. Too much torso? He was all torso. He was all torso. What? You're saying he's all... Too much torso? Yeah. He was all torso and then super long legs. And I just... I needed his torso to be tapered back or his arms and legs to be thicker to match his torso. You know? But I will say, once he was in, like, his circus outfit, it worked great. But when it was just him and, like, a grungy wife beater and, like, four inch long boxer shorts. I was like, this is not for me. I can't, I can't keep watching it, you know? But he was never, he wasn't in the circus, Cody. That was the, the fake one. Yeah. That was, that was the, the button eye one, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're out here saying it's a, it's a, you know? Yeah. 
I'm just saying, if someone says to me the mice have a message for you, I'm not sticking around to find out what the message is. I am leaving. I guess I will say this. My sister has rats now. And that does kind of sound like something she might say to me. Like, oh, the rats got this for you. And at that point, you know, she will no longer be my sister. We won't be family and I won't see her again. And I'm going to miss her, sure. But it's not worth the risk. It's not worth the risk we to have the meant mice. to have the communicate rats. with the rodents. You know what I'm saying? As soon as the rodents start talking to us, that's when we need to just shut it down, you know? Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. You know, that's the that's when we're approaching the rats of Nim kind of territory, you know, to reference another uh-huh. weird, horrifying, not kids, kids movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, YB, I learned, wasn't in the book. But they added him because they were like, she talks to herself too much in the book. It's going to be weird. The whole movie, she's just talking to herself. So they gave her someone to talk to her age, which is fine. But I couldn't handle the posture. It was so aggressive. It wasn't yeah. like, no, this is like a character choice. He leans a little bit. It's like, no, like his head's upside down the whole time. Isn't that cool? He's like, no, it's not cool. I didn't like him, but I love the cat. The cat was great. Oh, the cat. Yeah. Having, and Keith David, you know, you always love to see his voice pop up in a movie. Oh, yeah. We all know Keith David. He is in so this, many examples. Well, all the I will things say, I, I can think of off the top of my head are video games, but he's more yeah. in movies than... I didn't like YB, but you know what? He won me over a little bit with the slugs. His little slug bits, oh, that yeah. was fun. When he's playing with the slugs, he's like, all right, you know what? You're a little better. I just don't like how aggressive she was to him immediately. Like so immediate, like, like he's just like, you know, Hey, this is weird. You're a girl. You're like a person. Yeah. It wasn't like you're a girl. I'm going to be weird. It was like, Hey, you're a kid. And that's weird. Cause my grandma never lets kids cause her sister got kidnapped by some weird monster thing. You know what? Mention that to someone next time, put that in the lease. Okay. Be like, Hey, just so you know, no kids allowed. They will get taken by a demonic, uh, fey creature, okay? Yeah, yeah. Also, don't... It's fair to say. Also, okay. We, 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 we can go back to the, to, the, to the boy here in just a second, but another thing, talking about lease agreements, who in the right mind is cutting into their wallpaper on the first day of renting a new place? That's suspicious, too, because she knew exactly what key it was. She was like, all right, fine. Let me just rip up the wallpaper here, open the key. And, you know, it's one of those, see, some, you know what they say, hurt people hurt people. And Coraline, you know, some people, they treat other people bad. And then they're like, why does my life suck? And it's like, well, you're mean to everyone. Like Coraline was not great to people, even her lovely dad, even YB, who was just being a bro, you know? And um, so what was I even saying? We don't like her, right? Don't like her. Don't like her. She grew as a person, but, you know, at what cost? Still not to like it. Yeah. I still don't have to like it. Um, I liked when they're in the other place and it's all nice for the little bit what it why he comes in and she's like he wasn't smiling so i fixed him which i thought was a great play on words you know because i was like oh no you neutered this child uh, but you know you just did the mouth although maybe she neutered him too you know who's not to say that yb didn't have a smile put on his face but also was neutered because that's what it means that's what it means right? when i no, say i fixed, I him? fixed no. him i'm talking about neutering yeah or spaying so I think she spayed and neutered him, but also she did the, she made it so he doesn't talk, you know? Oh, I know what you mean. How about, how about wuss puss? That's a good one. That's, that is a good That's one. That's some good writing right there. It's a good burn. You should call Boog wuss puss and see what he does. Oh, I'm not ready to die. <laughs> You're trying to kill me over here. He's going to sick a, a needle handed creature on you in your sleep. Called wuss puss. No, no, I'm not ready for that. That's like the N word for cats. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you say it to a cat. Yeah, but here's same the thing. thing: the same. You know, there's that one comedian that's like, if you use one word and then the other <laughs> word, you say the yeah. N word. It's probably not uh-huh. on the same level. 
John Mulaney talking about uh, little people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, I'll say another thing I need in my life. I need a mini-me doll. I need a dog chauffeur. When they show up to the mouse circus and the dog has, like, got the flat, or no, it's to the, the usher. old biddies. Yeah. You need you talking about the usher? Yeah, usher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, and he's got a little flashlight in his mouth, and he's like, here we go. I'm, you know, I'm walking your seats like, this is delightful. I need this for me. Why don't more theaters have this? Well, if you went to those kinds of theaters, they might have it. But you don't go there, Cody. Because your your sen- your delicate You're sensibilities going to the can't. Wrong theaters. I would go just for the dog chauffeur. Then I leave. I promise. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you say now. And then you get there, and they lock you in. And then they suck your soul, Cody. And not in the way you want, Cody. In the way that that's how they're vampires. They're they're well, energy vampires. When the old ladies jumped out of the skin of the old ladies, I wasn't even, I couldn't do it. You know, as soon as it was revealed that the old lady was the skin suit for the young version of the other lady, I couldn't, it was never the same, you know? Mm-hmm. I was so prepared for a, uh, a midsummer situation, you know? And <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was really ready for that to happen. I was oh, like, at this God. point, I'm not, sh- I'm not going to be shocked if these, these ladies just get smashed into the ground, like just horrifically mutilated yeah. into the ground. And then they're like, yeah. we're fine. And they're like gurgling as they're like moving around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was like, yeah, that'll fit. Oh, man. What was the other thing? Someone caught like a mouse. The mouse was giving a message or something. Was it the other mother? It was the cat. And she, oh, the cat. Oh, and the cat just. Killed the mouse yeah. and I watched it die. I was not ready. But then it turned into a rat. I'll okay. watch. I'll watch John Wick shoot a billion bad dudes in the face and feel nothing. But when that little mouse got murdered on screen, I was like, "This is not okay. This is not a. Pro- I'm. I'm gonna die one day. This is not cool." <laughs> you know. But Cody, he was bad mouse. He was a rat. He was sounding an alarm. It was all a facade. My sister has rats, and she cares about them more than some of our family members, you know? I mean, yeah. Rats are people, too, all right? They have little hands. Did you know that? Yeah. They have little hands. They like peas, and when they eat peas, they take them, they bite them, they peel off the skin of the pea, and they suck out the little soft center of the pea. All speaking right. Did of you hands, know that? Speaking of rodents with hands, can we talk about the chinchillas that people hand stuff to, and they grab them with their <laughs> yeah. tiny hands? They hand like a little mini miniature axe, and you're just like, "All right, I'm holding it." Yeah, like a little mini hammer. There's like people that are out here making like more than I do a year, just handing their chinchilla <laughs> tiny things. And you know what? I think they deserve more. I think they deserve there more money. There are chinchillas in the world with a far greater net worth than you or I. And it's and not they enough. They need more, all right? They deserve everything. Hand them more things. It's all Biden's more. out here canceling student debt when he should be stimulating the chinchilla holding things economy. Yeah. Uh, what is our government doing out here? There are chinchillas that are not getting their due. Chinchillas? There's so many things in the world I want them to hold, and there's not enough hours in the day for them to hold everything, so we need to get more chinchillas out here. Exactly. Huh. Scientifically speaking, they're the softest animal, Cody. All right? They'll uh-huh. die out of being sad if you leave them alone for too long, okay? That's what we're talking about. That's like, the adorable. Are they one of the smellier animals, too, or is that hedgehogs? That's hedgehogs. Or are they both smelly? Chinchillas are just adorable, Cody. You get a chinchilla when it's a child, when it's a little tiny thing, okay? You put them in a little pouch that you have to wear near your heart. They bond with you. And if you are ever like, here, Timmy, have a chinchilla. The chinchilla will die from sadness because you're now gone, okay? That's what we're dealing with. Is there a more adorable creature that is just the biggest pain to have as a pet? These are the kind. Oh, these are the kind of stories that are making me go vegan. It's like the same with macaws, like parrots, like those types of birds. They will form intense bonds with like one human, and they're like, "You're my wife." <laughs> and I was this lady was sharing a story about hers, and she has like this blue macaw, and they live to be like twenty five or thirty years old. And she's like, "Yeah, no, I'm bonded with this macaw. This macaw has chosen me as its partner. 
So, so it is jealous of my husband and it cannot be left without me for so long and it freaks out. I am its mate for life and this bird will live for 30 years and it hates my husband. It's just like like she got the bird right before they got together, you know, kind of thing. We're just like, mm. this is how it is now. You're in a thruple now with the bird. <laughs> the that is the life. You are the, the life you have chosen. You are the third in the thruple, though. Yeah, yeah that's Your very husband clear. is the third wheel, in case you're wondering. And uh, yeah, not fun. Yeah, that's, Tiffany always wants to get birds, and I always say no. I'm like, they live for like 100 years, and they, you can't just get rid of them. It is so, I mean, all pets are sad because they're social animals if you leave, but I knew people with a bird and they left it alone for like five days too long or something or something, I forget something happened or they had someone house sitting, but something, whatever, you know, they were gone for like five days and the bird plucked out all of its feathers and um, has like suffered terrible anxiety as a result. And so now it's like a mostly featherless bird with bad anxiety and it's been like five years. Yeah. So, so don't get birds. So think about that. Just get just get a stuffed seal. All right. That's how you do it. All right. To all <laughs> you guys out there though, your, your, your wife, your girlfriend, she wants a cat or something. Go online. Find yourself a chubby blob seal. That's what they're called. Okay. Get yourself one. And if that's not enough, here's what you do. Get yourself one or two different sizes. Call the little one the child of the big one. They'll eat it up. All right. You've bought yourself at least a year on having to buy any kind this of pet. Is, this is a fantastic life hack. It is. It's it's a life. It's a, it's a real life hack right here. You don't have to feed them. All right. If you're real smart, That's what true. you do is you buy, buy a couple of them. Okay. So that if one starts to fall apart, you can secretly swap them out. <laughs> but I dare you to buy them and not become soul bonded to this tiny little chubby douchebag that you now will dedicate your life to. He's not even alive. All right. And <laughs> How you're like, dumb are our brains? You. <laughs> you see something with big eyes and you're like, this is the one. They're this not even baby. big eyes. This is my baby. <laughs> They're angry little douchebags. That's what they are. Okay. <laughs> but you, it's just like, love me, but they're not alive. Oh, Cody, they can't. Man. Love. Oh, people are so dumb. I love it. Speaking of animals, my absolute favorite moment from the movie is when she throws the cat at the face of the spider lady. Mm. Then my second favorite moment is shortly afterwards, like, I'm sorry I threw you at that lady's face. <laughs> like she, she acknowledges it. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. I, uh, I, there are so many problems in my life I feel like I could solve by throwing a cat at someone's face. Like, it should, you know, like in the olden days, when if someone dishonors you, you would take a glove, you slap them in the face, you have a duel, nobody dies, it's fine. It should be like that. Like, I should be able to be like, look, you embarrassed me, or you really put me through the ringer, I don't appreciate it. I throw the cat in your face, and then we drop it. We're like, okay, fair, fair, fair is fair. We're all good now, you know? Yeah. Cody, I've sent, I've sent you a message, if, if you can look at that for me real quick. You can just look at the, um, the image I've sent you, review it, take a peek. tell me your thoughts on it. Um, is it of your seal? Yep, there. <laughs> there it is. Look at him. <laughs> yeah, no, he does have a grumpy little face, and his face is too small for how blobby he is, and it just yeah. makes him, that's what makes it work. Yeah. Um, we we watch many He's videos. like mostly girth, but has tiny fins. Yes. Yeah. That's good stuff. Have you ever been to SeaWorld? Yes, I have. I know that I know that it's not like allowed by the internet to go to SeaWorld, but let me tell you the best thing about SeaWorld. You go there and they have seals and sea lions next to each other in exhibits. And if you go, you can buy food to give to them, all right? Yes. And you go there, when it's feeding time, you go there, here's what they do. The sea lions they they know that if they do tricks, you'll throw, you'll get more treats, you know, get more fish. Yeah. And so you'll have all these sea lions barking, and they'll like roll over. But my favorite thing they do is they roll over a little bit, and they <laughs> slap their belly with their fins. <laughs> they just look up at you and they're like, "Hey!" Slap their belly, and uh, it works every time. Yeah, we uh, we watched it's a so lot of videos good. of uh, of these things. We watched some documentaries that were very educational, and then it just evolved into funny videos. And there was one <laughs> that was obviously at 
I, I want to say it looked like a zoo in China where it's like, they're not, they're not formulating any kind of diet for these things. So they're just obscenely uh-huh. fat, you know? No. And he's just sitting there. They look like your, your seal. Yeah. And they're just sitting there and there's one and he's leaned back and he's just like. <laughs> just, he puts his fin up and then he'll like slowly bring it down. And they'll be like. <laughs> then he just kind of like looks around at everybody and he's like, uh, and he take her, and it's just like, it's like that, but like, he's such a lazy turd. Like a, it's like a lazy mating call for snacks. He's like, Hey, oh, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so why does anyone watch podcast, like listen to podcasts and you could just be like looking at videos of animals. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How are we in business? <laughs> in business. We're professional. Cody, we have business. been paid now. We are professionals. We've been I'll paid money you. to do this. Yes. All right? That's what people don't understand. I had someone at a work retreat ask me about the podcast and say he's going to listen to it. Is he? Probably Uh-oh. not. All right? Watch out. Yeah. Probably not going to listen to Man. it. But if he does, that's cool. All right? Shout out to Mike. All right? You're gold. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, Bailey had something something to pick at for the movie. Okay. She's like, right, okay. So the whole thing is Carlin. She goes back and forth from the real world to the other world. And the other world seems great. So she's like, I'll stay. But then the other mother is like, this is great. Just stay here. We'll sew buttons into your eyes and you'll hang out with us all the time. And she's like, oh, this is actually a scary place. This is a bad idea. At the end, they're like, okay, we'll play a game, right? She baits her into playing a game. It's like, tell you what, if you find the eyeballs of the kids I stole and uh, find your parents, then we'll set them free or whatever, right? Right. So she goes, gets the eyeballs, but when she has to find the eyeballs, she only finds one eyeball per child. Mm. So why wasn't it two eyeballs? And it seemed like she just had to go get them for like most of the eyeballs. And I feel like... Maybe it works better in the book, or maybe it's just supposed to be a spooky scene, but I was like, I feel like there should have been some kind of a, like a puzzle element. It kind of seemed like she showed up, she grabbed the eyeballs. Like I feel like that part was kind of breezed through a little bit, and then it gets like the final confrontation, you know? Yeah, I could see if in the book there is more puzzly stuff going on, because that that's so difficult to translate into, to make it interesting it's kind of like yeah. Tiffany and I recently watched The Martian because it came up on TV, and Tiffany sees my oh. eyes light up whenever that movie comes That's on, so she one, yeah. leaves it on. Science nerds love that movie. You guys are so horny for Matt Damon in The Martian. Let me tell you, in one, I told her, I was like, so now we can watch it, the extended cut, and then the extended cut with director commentary, because many a time, Cody, I, the amount of times I watch this movie is ridiculous. I love it every mm-hmm. time. But... One of the things I love about the movie is how well they took a book that is like, you could say in a way, it's just him solving puzzles, you know, because it's, you know, it's not like real science, like real science being necessarily like laid out for you. So it's kind of like described like a puzzle in like a game or something. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it, they don't show a lot of the workings that they talk about in the book because that just doesn't translate. It just shows him working through it, but it cuts out like all the narration and a lot of the real sciencey stuff that he does. Yeah, and it also will cut out at some some like hurdles and challenges entirely because it's like this is just too like it's cool when you're reading it, but it's not interesting to watch. So I feel like that yeah. be the same here, where it's you cut out all that stuff where it's like, well, this won't, you know. Like, you've read The Hobbit, right? Did it for school or something? Yeah. How, uh-huh. like, they cut down the the Gollum. The Hobbit and in Lord of the Rings, there's a, there's the riddle scene in both of those. And mm-hmm. in the Hobbit movie, and there's, there is a riddle scene in Lord of the Rings too, right? Um, They do, like, literally, I think, like, they cut in, like, half of, like, the last riddle or something, you know? Yeah. But so, like, in both of those, especially in The Hobbit, they only do, like, three riddles. They kind of, but the, yeah. in the book, there's so many, and it builds the tension, and it's fun to try to yeah. figure it out before. But in the movie, that scene would last four times too long. You know? Yeah. So it's like, just cherry-pick the best riddles, and then move on. 
Well, that's what's different about the book is like part of the book is like, okay, and while we're going to introduce the riddle and I'm going to talk about how Gollum's pacing and what he's doing and set the scene and do all this, but in a movie, you just see all that happening. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we can't, you know, it, the time moves differently. So I wonder if it wasn't like that where like maybe each one of them, there's a riddle or something yeah. that she has to solve that. I also, I don't know. I could have had it be a little bit spookier. Like I almost wish the first 30 minutes was like, 15 minutes and then that gave us 15 more minutes to do some of the puzzly stuff or some of the creepy stuff as like the world deteriorates and gets creepier and creepier you know well it's interesting because i felt like it was creepier in the beginning when everything was supposed to be nice and pretty and there was like the slow build it's super dreary yeah well i meant even in the happier in the other world like just the Uh, slow build this can't be right yeah like you're realizing wait a second there's something off and the mother is like the focus of it Whereas I feel like it would have been a creepy, like more well, creepy yeah. thriller had they slowly built that up versus it being like, all right, now it's I, switching. Hard. I liked, yeah, I liked all the stuff in the other world is what I'm saying. So, I mean, the beginning where it's all, oh, okay. she arrives at the house and, you know, like all that yeah. beginning stuff just felt a little bit long and stretched to me. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah, that part, you're right. I could have done with that being about half as long too. Because, you know, like, YB isn't in the book, but in the movie, it's like, okay, we got to have the whole scene with YB, and then we got to introduce him, and then, yeah, she goes back and forth with the mom a few times, and the dad a few times, and start exploring the house for a while, and I just feel like all of that could have been condensed down a little bit, but. Yeah, because you could have almost had her have, like, maybe one moment with the parents, and then they tell her to go explore the house. Mm-hmm. Like you could have cut out some of the stuff with the parents to get that across and then cut gotten to the sh- introducing each of the tenants faster. And then you could have gone yeah. right into the. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was just a lot to introduce all the characters, but yeah. I guess, I don't know, you're trying to make it. Whatever. It's, it's fine. It's whatever. I will say, while I was disappointed in some of like what they chose to focus on, I do think the final scene where she's crawling back to the trouble through the tunnel and she's got to make her up the spider web, get through the tunnel. I feel like the tension was great in that scene. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it built well towards the final climax. And there is kind of a, that isn't the final, final scene. Cause then the hand gets through, which is fine. Um, but yeah, I really like the final tunnel crawl. Like that really delivered on like the tension and the creepiness for me. Yeah. So I did think that was well done. I like, I felt to me like every time she went in there, the tunnel got longer. You know, yeah, and then like that final crawl back, it was at its longest, and then watch it like the, her slamming on the door, make it shorter and shorter behind her. Yeah, so I was like, that was I, you're right. That was that was pretty cool. It was a very good. Scene. I did think if um, you can pry, the, if you can push the door open enough to get your hand underneath it, then like, why is the need for like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. obviously the door can't like if you can push it open, then you could probably hit it hard enough to break it. It's not like the lock seems to be like a magical barrier. It's like a wooden door. No, it's a special lock because it's got a button key. Yeah. It's buttons. Buttons, yeah. That's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so at the end of the day, I, while I... Yeah, I really appreciate the craftsmanship of the movie, and there were some good moments I really enjoyed. I didn't like love it, and there are other, there are just there are other stop motion movies that I enjoy more. So for me, part of it was it wasn't like super my type of movie, but I really really did appreciate the the animation and the effects were fantastic, and the props, you know, everything they, that goes into building the world, I thought was very well done. And so I like watching it just for watching the craftsmanship of everything, but. It isn't a movie that I'm going to like revisit anytime. But but I will say, the guy who made this movie, Henry Selleck, has a movie coming out in October, which I guess is here. Um, it's about to drop, produced by Jordan Peele. Keegan-Michael Key does a voice in it. It's on going to be on Netflix. So I'll probably check that out since it's this guy collaborating with Jordan Peele and Anyway, so I'll probably check out his next movie, even though like this one wasn't my favorite and Night Before Christmas isn't my favorite either. Yeah, I do think it's interesting. Like you can tell this is a guy that makes a lot of stop motion because if you compare this to something like a corpse, like Corpse Bride or even like any, pretty much any other stop motion, like the intricate, the intricateness of the 
the claymation and like the movements and how smooth they end up. Cause I almost wonder if it's like him. I almost wonder if he purposefully did it where it's like at first it's very choppy, like a cor- like corpse bride um, yeah. in the movements. It, but then as it goes on, it gets so fluid that by the end of it, I had kind of forgotten. Oh yeah, this is all stop motion. Like it almost looks like it's just an animated movie because yeah. all the movement is so fluid, which I know takes longer. So I wonder if that was a conscious choice on his part. And there was like, mm-hmm. maybe the other world is supposed to be like more fluidly animated versus the real world. Right. And this is a movie. I, th- I think I read that there's like two years of pre-production, 18 months of shooting. So it's, you know, a, a picture like this is one that like, there's quite a bit of thought that goes into the worlds and the design. And I think I read somewhere there were 24 different puppets just for Coraline and they took a few, a couple months to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were like several people working on each one. So, I mean, it's, it's quite an undertaking. The new movie is uh, Wendell and wild and it comes out October 28th on Netflix. So if you are interested, check it out. Jordan Peele helped write the script. So it could be good. Yeah, I do think, and now I will say like, so a lot of people, right. They think that this is a Tim Burton movie. Okay. And the, but it's obviously not. We that was like the first thing we brought up, obviously. Mm-hmm. But one thing I I brought up to to Tiffany after the movie was I felt like if I was Tim Burton and people were pointing to this as my movie, I don't think this movie was bad. It was much better than I was expecting personally. Mm-hmm. But I would be upset if I was Tim Burton because Tim Burton is very good at making a very creepy, unsettling setting. And then putting a very whimsical, fun, lighthearted tone to it to where you're like sitting there and then you think, wait a second, we're in the underworld right now, you know, or like, wait a second, this dude just like there's these kids could be dying in Willy, you know, and even his take on the Willy Wonka or Edward Scissorhand, like, wait a second, this Mm -hmm. guy has scissors for hands. This is and he looks horrifying, but it's just a fun movie, you know, like his movies are horrifyingly creepy. But they're fun. Even Sweeney Todd, which is an adaptation, I feel like he added a he all of his movies have a good layer of humor to them. Right. Except for Dumbo. Except for Dumbo, right? Because even Beetlejuice follows that script, like you're saying. Like, yeah. Which no. okay, you know me. You know I've had a bone to pick with Dumbo with him for Dumbo. After watching right. this, after really going through his filmography and thinking about it, I think because if you notice, all of his movies, with the exception of something like Sweeney Todd, which is a, pl- a musical that he's always loved. It's old, much older than his adaptation, you know? And so he didn't put his name on it because it's not his story. He didn't originally make it. It wasn't like he just wanted to re he wanted to make a movie out of the musical. Right. But movies like Dumbo in the past where he has adapted an old story, he has always put mm-hmm. a Tim Burton film before it. Dumbo does yeah. not have a Tim Burton film. It doesn't have his name anywhere on it. I don't think he's proud of Dumbo. I think he wanted to go, he wanted to make that unsettling setting and go like real creepy, like with the elephant parade scene and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And they said no. So I, I'm going to throw it on Disney's shoulders that Disney got in his way and he would have made a good Dumbo. Yeah. And they wouldn't let him. Disney does that. Like with Marvel movies sometimes too. We're like, Hey, we picked a director with a very specific vibe and theme. And then we, uh, put a choke collar on them and said, Hey, don't do this thing that you do. It's like, well, why, why'd you pick, (laughs) why'd you pick me to, this is what I do. So if you don't like me doing that, then why am I doing this? You know? Yeah. And like, even others, we want your name, but we don't want you to have creative control over it. Right. But that's the point of a director. Yeah. And I mean, it even, it's always happened. Like we just ran into that with the RoboCop where the director was like, yeah, I had like zero control over the movie at all it was a movie made by a committee i was just there i was just the guy sitting behind the camera you know Mm -hmm. like that would be that'd be difficult but so was this with your expectations of how much you thought you were going to like this movie where does this kind of land is it did it exceed your expectations or did it fall a little short it fell a little short to be honest and i also saw there were some good reviews for this movie too like let me pull up their scores um I just thought I would like it because I do enjoy good stop motion, like I said. Mm-hmm. And um, their tomato meter is a 90%, but their uh. audience scores a 73%. Um, 
Which I do so think some of that is the people who are going to be reviewing this are probably mostly people who are into the stop motion genre. As a yeah, and as a stop motion fantastic feature, it's fantastic. Like it's very well made. Um, but I just think you know some of the characters, some of the writing, let it down a tiny bit. Um, but it's, that's my opinion. I yeah. <laughs> so a couple a couple trivia facts about it. Yeah. Um, they had 183,000 square feet of warehouses to hold all the sets for the movie. So they had uh, quite a lot going on to deal with. And this was the, at the time, it was the longest stop motion feature film. Uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, which is actually one of my favorite stop motion films, uh, beat it out in terms of length. That's one I would highly recommend. Kubo, fantastic. And I saw somewhere that this was originally lot the original pitch for this and the plan was for it to be live action, which is weird. So Henry Selleck does do live action movies and he does mixed movies too, like James and the Giant Peach, that movie. Mm-hmm. He directed that one. The one where it's like live action and then it's like it's claymation for a long time, then it's back to live action. Um but yeah, so like Dakota Fanning was signed on for a live action Coraline and then they changed it. So I'm like, I don't even know how that works. Like I, I want to know more about that history, but I don't, I don't have it on hand. But really weird trivia, I thought. Um, also, you may have noticed there's a song in this movie uh, with the delightful tones of They Might Be Giants. So the other father, when he sings the song on the piano, it's a They Might Be Giants song. Mm. So he sings a song about Coraline, whatever. I know that's because I had to, I list, I was getting into They Might Be Giants like specifically this year. So I was like, oh, it's a good song. They wrote 10 songs for the movie. And then once again, they pivoted off of it. And so they only kept two songs. And it's an end credit song. And it's the one he sings at the piano. So I'm like, what happened to this movie that was like, it's live action? Like, okay, it's claymation. All right, They Might Be Giants from the music. You know, it's almost like like in A Night Before, Night Before Christmas, it was like, oh, Danny Elfman. He's going to sing all the songs for it. He's going to be great. Um. And it's the same kind of thing. They're like, oh, they might be giants. They'll do all the music for it. It'll be great. And then they're like, anyway, we're using two of your songs. So it's like, okay, did you cut out the musical piece of it? Was it going to be a musical? Was it not? Was it live action? Was it not? It's kind of a weird, I thought it was really strange that those facts, facts were in there. But yeah, there yeah. were 10 songs wrote for this movie that they just ended up not cutting, not using. That almost makes it sound like it was going down the route of like, more of like, oh, this is inspired by or based off of the original and then someone came in and said, nope, just make the book Use into the source material. And yeah. then they were like, well, it'll be, it'll be way more fitting. Like, cause the claymation style does really fit the source material. Yeah. And the nice thing about the claymation is like, just like hand-drawn animations, like in theory, you can do anything, you know, yeah. like you can make the world as fantastical as you want because you can paint every frame with, you know, the puppets you use yeah. and everybody I've ever talked to that's like knew the book and then saw the movie there. They, I've always heard crit reviews from them and like, yeah, they've all and Neil Gaiman it. said, I think they did a TV adaptation as well, but he said he, he definitely prefers the film one. So it seems like the author is fairly positive as well on the movie. Yeah. He's well, he's a slut. He'll be positive about anything. He's just out here to sell his, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. Said, I mean, great. If author. there's one thing, that is well known in the internet. It's that Neil Gaiman's a slut, you know? Yeah. He's out here selling his properties left and right. You know? Mm-hmm. This has nothing to do with either of them. But earlier when I compared him to uh, uh, Stephen King, have you seen there's a video going around recently? It was, It is old, but it was uh, George R. R. Martin and Stephen King were on a panel. And George R. R. Martin it's like, I have a question for you. <laughs> like, turns to Stephen King. He's like, how the f do you write so much? Like, what are you doing? What is your secret? You know, like he's like, uh-huh. and he's like, oh, I try. I just try to write. You know, he like gives like a huge number a day of pages, and you know, like book is he writes like this. nine pages a day. Yeah, and he's like, a is book crazy. is gonna be this many pages, so you know, it takes me this long to write a book. And he's like, you never, you never get like writer's block. You never like, oh, and then you just fart out like one paragraph in a day. And he's like, no, not really. <laughs> Just like, just him being like, no, because I'm a pro-. basically like going saying everything short of being like, no, because I'm a professional, George. You know, <laughs> and it's just like given given zero zero leeway to George R. R. Martin, who's taken how many years to write the final book of this series? 
Just like, no, yeah. I'm not letting you off this hook. You're, I'm going to say here in front of everybody, no, it's not hard. You just do it. You know? I was yeah. like, oh, so heartless. It is crazy how prolific Stephen King is. But you know what they say? I've taken, look, I've taken a few writing classes in college even. Ooh. The only way to get over writer's block is to write. Yeah, which I've listened to some podcasts with a lot of like screenwriters who have that same mentality. And I think a lot of them have copied it from Stephen King. Yeah. Because even he'll which, be like, you might write a hundred pages and then throw them out, but you, it's exactly, like, you're going to yeah. get to where you need to be, but you wouldn't That's have got there. That's what they go for. Yeah. It's like, because the idea is like, just write whatever, write anything, yeah. write something stupid. And then you're like, okay, that's obviously wrong. You know, it's like, it's like uh, you're giving yourself confirmation of, okay, this was the wrong way to go. Yeah. So let me backtrack. And now at least I'm, you know, I confirmed this is a bad idea. And maybe that'll help me come up with the right idea, you know? Yeah. Writer's block sucks. So if you're, you know, George, I know you're a, you're a, an avid well, listener. George also already had that opportunity because he advised on how to finish Game of Thrones TV show. <laughs> so if anything, he should know. Yeah. You did a test run. You know if that's right or wrong. Now write the pages. Well, he could also do no, the thing George. that everybody suggests that he does, which is what most writers who are in his position who have writer block. Ghostwrite? Ghostwrite, which is like everyone Ghost does write it. Ghostwrite to all the nerds that know how they want it to end and know the world better than he does and are ready, ready yeah. to go. Basically, Exactly. Have someone even in the video like comments was like, just have Stephen King ghost write it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Stephen King could knock this thing out in four months. Yeah, like, like it would be, be nothing to, to him. And it would probably be good too. Like it's not like Stephen King's bad at writing. He just writes a ton. Yeah. But uh it was just it was funny because I was like, man, just 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 smacking him down. You know, but 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 what I was gonna say is George, one thing, how dare you? Try to tie yourself to Tolkien by doing the RR thing. Where do you get off? Also, just write, man. Just do it, you know? You look like Guillermo yeah. del Toro. Get together. Do a thing. Make out. Kiss. Get together on a podcast. <laughs> on like, not a podcast. What on a panel. Kiss. All right? That's all I want. That's what the internet you know, wants. You know, Guillermo del Toro is like always swapping what projects he's doing and dropping out of things and blah, blah, blah. Yep. It sounds like we really need to do like a Freaky Friday. Like if you swapped George R. R. Martin and Guillermo del Toro and be like, hey, for the next six months, you're living each other's lives. Can you imagine what would happen? You know what I'm saying? Like if George R. R. Martin just went in and started directing whatever del Toro's next project is and, and del Toro was like, I guess I'll just finish this book. <laughs> I think wonderful things would happen. Yeah. Or they'd cancel each other's projects, which would be no different than they're already doing, right? Yeah. No, that sounds great. Like, sounds just as good to me. Like uh, George R. R. Martin would walk on set and be like, yeah, I don't want to direct this movie anymore. And it's like, oh, it's like Guillermo del Toro is here. <laughs> yeah. Call Peter Jackson. He'll do it. Damn. I blew Tiffany's mind with that fact about The Hobbit. Yeah. In case anybody forgot, I love to ever so often remind this, that everybody blames Peter Jackson for The Hobbit being terrible, but let's all remember that they were filming the battle of the five armies fight scene when he showed up to direct the movies and he said, give me a month. Yeah. And they said, no. All right. Let's all remember that Cody, but then let's remember that he chose to use GoPro footage. Oh. Now let's go back to Coraline. So hard to love that man. Here we are, you know? Yeah. Well, Tyler, I don't have much else to say about the movie. Is there anything else to say before we give our grades on it? Um, I, my final, I guess it just as a final thought on it. I think, that the movie, which I think you said something similar to this earlier, which it, it almost would have been better had it gone harder into the, this is not a kid's movie. I felt like it was mm -hmm. trying to be a kid's movie, but this, like the horrifying nature of it was very much not kid friendly. So I feel like yeah. had they pulled back on the horrifyingness and just made it vaguely creepy or gone full into like, Nope, this is a kid, your kid, baby's first horror movie, basically. You know? Right. Um, it would have been better, but I think the way that it is, is a very faithful adaptation from what I know. It obviously did very well with critics. So I think it's a good movie. I think it's just more, maybe people don't, maybe it's the story, the source material itself that the wider audience doesn't like as much, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, like maybe you and I wouldn't. Like I hear it. you. Yeah. It's not quite my vibe, but. Did well, you want to give it a, well done. a letter grade? I'm ready. I know what I'm giving it. Give it. Do you want? Give, all right. Tell me. This one for me, 
Excellent craftsmanship. Wasn't my favorite story. Didn't quite connect with all the characters. Thought it could have been paced different. I'll give it a B minus. And most of that B minus is just this is very beautiful and like well done, well built world. So B minus for me. I agree. I, did, I was gonna say B minus too. Oh, Tyler, <laughs> this is special. Yeah, so I think it's a it's a it's a good movie, but it could have been better. So that's kind of like where I go, where I land with the B movies is they're good, but you know, not great. Yeah. I hear you. Wow. Well, thank you so much for listening. You can rate us, follow us, review us wherever you find your podcasts. And you can behold all of our memes and engage with us at Opinion Havers on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Until next time, watch movies. And have opinions. <laughs> the biddies. <laughs> destroyed me uh, the pasties I looked over at Tiffany and found that she'd been staring at me the whole time as that lead up to that scene she's like were you prepared for that and I said nope <laughs> definitely not oh. even had the jiggle physics on it Cody which was no. too much <laughs> no no mm.